Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A simple bridge in Africa holds a deadly curse. And then we travel to Australia to take a look at a bizarre story that may mean UFOs cause ghosts. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Stacey Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Let's give a shout-out to our newest Patreon support. Actually, he's not our newest. He bought this for his... He gave his brother a shout-out on Friday's episode. So let's give him a shout-out today. Nicholas DiTorfino. Nicholas, everyone's clapping for Nicholas. He's doing the worm as he's worming his way into the amphitheater here. Nicholas, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. You guys don't understand how much that helps the show grow. If you guys can't give money, give your voice. Give your voice to me. I'm Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Just talk about the show online to your friends. It really helps out a lot. Nicholas, we got a ton of stuff to cover. So first off, let's get you in the Dead Rabbit Robo. We're going to take a little rowing trip. All the way from America. It's a long trip. I hope you brought a lot of provisions. We are headed out to Zimbabwe. Ooh, splash. Ooh, splash. I'm yelling as I'm consuming your voices. Oh, come to me. Nicholas finally captains the boat all the way to Zimbabwe. We also went back in time. It's the 1970s, and we're in Gwanda Town in Zimbabwe. And running through Gwanda Town is the Mitshebu River. And going over, this is a geography podcast, all of a sudden going over the river is the Machabi's Bridge. Back in the 1970s, this bridge had a bit of a problem. This is a really interesting story. There's a school nearby. And I can't, this, this is kind of shocking. I guess I'm just kind of ignorant. But this school back in the 1970s had no water. I can't imagine going to a school with no water. They shut down the school when the toilet stopped working when I was in high school. So this nearby school, in, it's just nuts, this nearby school in Gwanda Town would send out male pupils to go down to the river and get buckets of water, bring it back to the school. And that, that, had been normal, that had been normal for years. But what was happening now was kids are going out to get water. They weren't coming back. And you would find a kid floating down the river dead. And so um, that's tragic, obviously. People couldn't figure it out. They figured the kids were probably just playing in the water or they fell in the water or something like that. And they died. But what happened was eventually you had kids, right? Not every kid who in school wasn't like, well, we'll just keep sending them out. We'll just keep sending them out. We need that water. Not every kid disappeared. A lot of kids went down there, got the water, and it was no big deal. But sometimes they wouldn't come back. Eventually, you started having students run back to the school, and they're like, oh, man, you won't believe what just happened. I was down at the river. You literally won't believe this because it's so insane. I was down at the river. I was getting some water, and I saw kid looks side to side a little nervous i saw a fish in the river the teachers are like have you not taken science class yet that's where a fish live he's like no 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 no. it wasn't like a trout or something like that 
it was a fish. It was something like menacing, almost like some sort of monster fish. And the teachers are like, you're right. We don't believe that. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. But what happened was they started getting these kids running back from the river saying they almost died. And it had something to do with a fish in the river. And then the drowning stopped. Now we jump ahead to the year 2020. This is super bizarre. This is such a weird story. I couldn't wait to share this with you guys. I just read this the other day. We're in the year 2020 now. Adult men use this river to bathe in. And there's also a guy, which sounds pretty fun. I've never taken a bath in the river. I imagine it'd be super cold. Guys, adult men would go down there to bathe in the river. And then other dudes would use the river to pan golden, which would be super awkward if you're like looking for riches and fame. And you look over and there's a naked guy going, doo, 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 doo. he's like sprinkling gold dust on his head. He's like, oh, this is my favorite shampoo. You're like, no, I should have been upstream from him. Guys use it to gold pan or to bathe or people go say, hey, honey, I'm going to go gold pan today. And then they're like walking out with the bar of soap and a towel. They're like, hmm, that's suspicious. He never brings home gold, but he's always ivory spring clean when he comes back. Just really likes bathing. Adult men have begun drowning in this river. And the story is, whatever was here in the 1970s is back. There's something that's laid dormant for, what, almost 50 years now that's back. And it's claiming the lives of people in Guandatown. But see, what's weird about this is that it's not people. It's only men. It was boys in the 1970s. It's adult men today. And that river, even at its deepest, you shouldn't be able to drown in it. When people in the town are going, maybe you can figure kids drowning in it because kids are kind of dumb. But adult men drowning in it, that's weird. That's really, really weird. And the other, so we have the fact that only men are dying, the fact that this river is quite shallow. I mean, it's it's not a puddle, but I mean, you shouldn't be able to drown in it. And they said, this is normally how it happens. One person dies in the river, and then in rapid succession, a bunch of dudes die. That's what happened back in the 1970s. You had one kid die first, then you had a whole slew of them. Now, because this story takes place in Zimbabwe, it's funny, we I I got all the information I could get on this story, but there's a lot of stuff that I feel is left out. We don't know how many kids died in the 1970s, although all the articles that I read all agreed that that was a problem, and that's why they're looking at this as being a supernatural thing nowadays. They all agree, like, I couldn't find a lot of hard numbers because it took place a long time ago, that initial thing, in another country, but now it's happening today. It's gotten to the point now where people, are th- these are the theories that are going on. A lot of the locals are saying, mermaid, mermaid attacks. <laughs> you know, that happens, that happens, right? A mermaid, because the victims are all men, a mermaid must be in the river. She's enchanting people into the river and drowning them. Which is typical, like in mermaid lore, that's like a siren. They love to kill dudes. Uh, It fits. It fits. Other people in the community go, that doesn't sound very mermaid-like. That honestly doesn't sound right. Because we're finding the bodies. It's not like these people are going to the river and completely disappearing. Which would be... They're both scary, but that one would be ten times scarier. They go, we're finding the bodies. And mermaids, again, if you look at the lore, it's not like they let the body go. They either consume it or they take it to their underwater kingdom in a really shallow river. You can stand on the riverbank and you see like Ariel's little castle down there. You see him having a little dance. So there's a debate there about whether or not mermaids are responsible. The other theory, which I found more fascinating, I mean, mermaids, but this other theory is scary. Like, (laughs) I could hang out with a mermaid. 
I wouldn't want to hang out with this other theory. The other working theory is that somebody is practicing black magic, but not just any black magic. We're talking straight old Illuminati style stuff where they believe that somebody made a deal with the dark forces back in the 70s for fortune. And so they created some sort of creature. They invoked something and placed it in the river. And to get that fame and success, he had to sacrifice people to the creature. So he's not down there actively pushing people in, but by allowing this dark entity to come into our realm and feast off humans, this person, this unknown person, is getting power from it. And then for whatever reason, it's been invoked again. Either it's on some sort of weird hunger cycle, like Pennywise popping up out of the river, or... This person needed more money. <laughs> this is like his ATM. He's like, dun, 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 dun. walking down the river. He's putting in Cthulhu's baby. He's like, okay, and there's my $2,000. I should ask for more, but I'm very, very short-sighted. I hope I don't have to do this again. So that's the other theory, which is a lot scarier. So it's gotten so bad that the locals have actually called in the prophet Muli Moyo to come out to town. Now, we don't know who Prophet Muli Moyo is, but apparently in the area, this dude is dope. I honestly wish we knew who this guy was. This guy needs his own Netflix series. I actually found him on Facebook. I'll talk about that in a second. I'll talk about that in a second. But Prophet Muli Moyo comes out. He has a big reputation. That's why he needs to have a Netflix show. He has a big reputation of taking down paranormal menaces. This is his resume. There's a bunch of goblins at a local school that Prophet Moyo showed up and was like, get out, get out, get out, and chased the goblins away. I mean, you know, standard stuff, I guess. When I read that, I was like, oh, you know, goblins could be, I don't know if it was actually like little green dudes with like with like armor on and stuff like that, little swords, little one-hit D&D characters. I don't know if goblins is a term for poltergeist in Zimbabwe. I was like, oh, you know, doors opening and closing by themselves, cups levitating. You're <laughs> like, Jason, that's so terrifying. You're acting like it's, oh, nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could be stuff that could be natural, could be normal, and Prophet Moyo comes out. He comes out, he does a ritual, and then then, then the activity stops. So basic exorcism stuff, right? So I was like, okay. His second thing that they said was he actually had to do this before. There was a giant snake near a local dam, and people were drowning in that river, too, and he caught the snake. He pulled the snake out. How does this guy not have a television series? I want to see him wrestling the snake. But, but... I'm reading these, I'm reading these, oh, you know, goblins, oh, pretty big snake, people drowning, I don't know, was the snake pulling people in the river, I guess? Was it supernatural snake? Does he still have the snake? I have all these questions, and then I found this, this should be on every paranormal investigator's resume. I'm kind of ashamed it's not on mine, and other feet of his. He went to the Matondawima Primary School in Gwanda. He's already been called out to take care of a snake that's drowning people. He's already been called out to run off a bunch of goblins. This one, I don't even know why they called this guy. How long did this go on for? First one, paranormal, definitely goblins. The second one, you had people drowning. The big snake, probably paranormal, because I don't think snakes normally drown people. I think people were drowning due to some sort of paranormal thing, and he found a big snake, or the snake was a cursed thing, like in the story we're currently covering. This next story, this this one in this elementary school, there's just a baboon. <laughs> there's a totally real 
baboon, not paranormal, he's not ghost baboon, there is a baboon <laughs> loose in the school for what I imagine is weeks, because this guy is like on call, but he's a minister, he has other stuff to do. There's a baboon loose. I mean, and it's, <laughs> it's tearing the school up. It says that it terrorized the staff and the students, so I don't think it was like one day a baboon showed up, and Prophet Moyo is also like animal control in the area. This baboon was was imitating teachers. He's sending kids to the principal's office. They go there. The principal is now disguised as the baboon. He's beating them up. Kids are like, that's a really convoluted way to beat me up. This baboon was terrorizing this school for an unknown amount of time. But it was not an afternoon. Prophet Moyo showed up to take down a baboon. <laughs> terrifying you've never seen the ghost hunters fight even a stray dog let alone a baboon in an elementary school all those hiding spots little baboon eyes looking out from the cubby hole nuts dude anyways i'm a little disappointed i've never fought a baboon nor will i ever prophet moyo taking down goblins taking down a giant snake and a baboon in elementary school he needs his own netflix series he's being brought out to take care of this one so we'll see what happens. I found him on Facebook, and I, I, I think I did. I found a guy with the same name who lives in Gwanda in Zimbabwe. And the, I, I, the reason why I'm a little hesitant is because I didn't, put, I didn't put his Facebook in the show notes because he looks very young. He looks like he's maybe like 18, 20 years old in the photos. So maybe he just ages really well. And none of his posts talked about him beating the beating the poop out of a baboon, which would be every Facebook I'd ever post ever had I done that. So I will keep you guys updated on that story. If he, I, I emailed him at about five in the morning last night. I said, "Hey, are you the same guy who's going to that bridge to take care of that curse?" I don't know if it's. <laughs> No, it's the same person. Imagine getting an email from someone from another country at three in the morning saying, hey, you don't know me, but are you the prophet who's trying to get rid of the ghost under the bridge? How would you respond to that? So I'll let you know if he's the right guy. I really want to know about that baboon story. That's fascinating. Like the bridge thing, (laughs) the bridge thing is fascinating too, definitely. And we'll keep an eye on that. But if you live in Zimbabwe, don't go to the don't go to that river. I think that's kind of the moral of that story. I'm really curious because if the second theory is correct, if someone created some sort of tulpa or, or invoked some sort of dark bean and it's sitting in there and it's eating people, there means there's probably a lot of paranormal time bombs out there. That this type of thing would answer stuff like missing 411 where we have these people disappearing in national woods and stuff like that. If you're a practitioner of the dark arts, you want to sacrifice souls. It doesn't have to be Katy Perry jabbing a knife into someone right after the AMAs. It could be still Katy Perry. It could be Katy Perry back when she was 16, 17 years old and she really wanted to be a musician, creating some sort of twisted portal out in the wilderness somewhere and leaving it there. And every time a soul walks by it, they disappear, they die mysteriously or just die of accidents like all these drownings in any other place in the world would probably just be brushed off as misadventure death by misadventure so many in a certain area maybe that's the way you actually sacrifice people maybe it's not this hollywood way of you know a bunch of people standing around with a knife and tom hanks being like no steven spielberg i call you by your full name today's my turn to sacrifice this person maybe it's not that maybe it's again tom hanks tom hanks out in the middle of nowhere creating a portal being like oh yes the burbs was predictive programming 
I was the villain all along. Tom Hanks is actually considered like a main villain nowadays in adrenochrome conspiracy theory. I think a lot of you guys are aware of that. He was, remember back when he was had COVID in Greenland or New Zealand? That was it. Um, he got the adrenochrome treatment or the bad adrenochrome. He's considered one of like the main bad guys in the adrenochrome conspiracy theory, which I find, I know why. It has to do with Isaac Cappy and Tom Hanks took a couple pictures of a shoe. Tom Hanks was taking pictures of shoes, and one of the shoes was related to Isaac Cappy, who was a guy who was accusing Seth Green of pedophilia. Now this is an Isaac Cappy segment. Nicholas, go ahead and fire up that Jason jump jet. We're going to get here real quick because this is a quick story. I didn't plan on doing this. I'll have to find show notes for it. But apparently, as Nicholas is flying us out in the Jason jump jet, here's the story super fast. Isaac Cappy was this guy. A lot of you guys have recommended it over the years, but Isaac Cappy is this guy. He's a Hollywood actor. He started accusing people of basic uh, Pizzagate-style conspiracy things. He accused... Like, Seth Green once made a joke. Like, he was walking around Seth Green's house, and Seth Green, like, pointed at a door and goes, yeah, that's where we keep the kids. And Isaac Cappy, like, freaked out and thought there were actually kids behind the door. I mean, it... Is a dumb joke. It's a dumb... Here's the thing. It's a dumb joke, and then it's an even worse joke in front of someone who may be suffering from mental issues. And so Isaac Cappy was this actor who started going out making YouTube videos or Instagram or whatever these videos and saying all of this stuff about the Hollywood elite, the pedophile ring. This is all stuff we've heard a hundred times before, and there are pedophiles in Hollywood 100%, 200%. So that's that part is real, but whether or not like Seth Green and Tom Hanks is in st- and all that stuff is involved in it, look at the producers that are making some of these television shows and stuff like that. Those are the people you really got to look out for. But Isaac Happy started going on, and then he committed suicide, tragically. He committed suicide, and one of his final posts was something like, now I have become one of them. So that's made a lot of people question his, like, did he engage in this activity and couldn't comprehend it and then and then killed himself? Or what does that even mean? Like, he was obviously in a state of mental distress, if you don't want to say he was flat out insane. Towards the end, he was in a state of mental distress. He jumped off an overpass, I believe. I didn't prepare to do this segment. And then a couple days later, or maybe a day or two before, it was around the same time, Tom Hanks has this weird thing. He likes to take photos of shoes like abandoned shoes, which is just creepy, okay? It is creepy, but I guess he took a photo of a shoe that was like either thrown off an overpass or sitting on the road, and that was supposed to be somehow related to Isaac Cappy's suicide. So Tom, that's how Tom Hanks got on the rave. If you don't know why Tom Hanks was is so tied into Pizzagate theory now, it's because of that. It's because uh, there had been accusations been thrown out about him I believe, before, I'm not 100%, because again, I'm going off memory, but most of the accusations are like Katy Perry, Steven Spielberg, uh, Tom Hanks, Ellen, uh, Hillary Clinton, stuff like that. And then while everyone's looking at that stuff, they're escorting a producer out of the back of Nickelodeon. They're like, don't ever come back here, dude. You're lucky we're not calling the cops. We should. While everyone's looking over at this stuff, there's there's real stuff going on. There's real stuff going on. Anyways. Nicholas, we're going to have to get this going real quick. We're all going to bail out of the Jason Jump Jet. That was not a planned story. And while we're flying through the air, Nicholas expertly flies that carpenter copter and he scoops all of us up. This episode's more exciting than the episode he bought for his brother on Friday. Carpenter copter is flying out to Australia. 
let's get started here because I don't have a ton of time. But again, I find this story fascinating. Seems small at first, but let's get going here. We're going back to the year 1983, and we're in Runnymede. That's in Tasmania, Australia. It's 9 o'clock at night. Carpenter copters flying through the black starry sky. Two people are driving down the road. We're going to call them Bart and Judy. Bart and Judy. Bart and Judy. (laughs) Anyways, Bart and Judy are driving. They're driving from Bichano to Hobart. So if you live in the area, you can mimic this drive. Probably don't probably don't want to, but driving on the road, they start to see a light in the sky. A UFO. They can't identify what this thing is in the sky, so they stop at Bust Me Gal Hill. Bart happens to have binoculars on him. He pulls out these binoculars and he looks at the light, and they're now pulled over to the side of the road and they're up on this hill. And it's a triangle-shaped craft. And it's hovering below the cloud line. And they're watching this thing for about 10 minutes just kind of hover there. And then they start to see a set of headlights come down the highway. Now, I I would say they're in the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of a given they're in Australia, but they are in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of weird to be seeing another car coming out down this highway. But not unexpected. They're not the last. They're not Mad Max. There's other people that exist in the country. But they're seeing this pair of headlights come down the road. It does make them kind of question it because they're thinking, did this car see what we're seeing? Because it's coming from the direction of this triangle. So obviously, they must have also seen it as well. So maybe we can kind of walk down this hill. Maybe they'll see us and they'll pull over and we can confirm that we are all seeing this absolutely bizarre thing. So they start moving down the hill. These two headlights are coming down the freeway. And as it gets closer, they hear the sound of an incredibly loud motorcycle. Probably the same one that drives by my place every time I'm trying to record a podcast. Which I'm sure you guys have heard multiple times. You can always hear it when it does and I can't edit it out. They hear this really loud motorcycle coming down the road. They kind of look at each other and they're like, wait a second, there's two headlights. But we hear a motorcycle. Two motorcycles? Could it be two motorcycles running side by side? And as the two headlights get closer, they start to merge into one headlight. And then when things are going to get weirder, they're hearing this loud roar of what it now has to be a motorcycle. It has one headlight on it. Sounds like a motorcycle. It's coming closer and closer down the road. And as it drives past them, It is absolutely a motorcycle, but the rider of the bike has no head. Bart and Judy took off, and they left the area. A simple story. That's it. That's the whole story. But it actually opens up a really bizarre form of thought. People talk about this before. Paranormal researchers talk about a term called high strangeness, which generally means an area that has UFO sightings tends to have Bigfoot sightings, tends to have paranormal activity. Nobody has really been able to put together why that happens. Some people believe that you can understand like ghost sightings and Bigfoot sightings in the same area because that's more of a paranormal thing. But aliens are generally considered to be a biological visiting thing. It would be the same thing if you had in South America stories of cryptids, stories of ghosts, and then a bunch of conquistadors showed up. Which, at the time, they did go, oh, these guys must have come from the heavens. Because they're dressed up in all this armor, and they have these loud guns and stuff like that. 
But that wasn't the case. The conquistadors were not, well, they weren't from the heavens, and they definitely, there's nothing paranormal about them. They were just humans outfitted in armor. The idea of aliens being interdimensional, there are people who believe that. Jacques Vallée, he was just on the Joe Rogan show. He's probably the most famous person who believes in interdimensional aliens. I'm more of a believer in interdimensional aliens than than biological aliens. But, But all that put aside, generally aliens are considered, I still believe they're some sort of biological entity. I just don't know where they're coming from. So the fact that we have stories of paranormal stuff and cryptids all happening in the same area makes sense because they're all kind of related. Even Bigfoot's kind of related. It's this kind of quasi-real thing that you just can't track down. Aliens, you imagine, have some sort of like, elite, at the very least, they have some sort of like organization. They have jobs. They just don't fly around in the UFOs all day long. <laughs> Unless that's their job, you imagine aliens have a race, a species, much like ourselves. They have different levers of government, and you would have people who are born, and they'd get raised in the society, they would die. You'd have people who were artisans, you'd have people who just wanted to spend the whole time being a dentist. So it's a bit different in that phenomenon. It's a bit different in the way we look at things. But this is a clear-cut case of a UFO being seen in an area, and then a ghost at the same time. And not only a ghost, this is what's so interesting about this, not only a ghost but a classic highway ghost. The woman standing by the side of the road, you pick her up, she's trying to get home from the prom, you take her to her house, you look back, there's a wet jacket. You're like, thanks. You have a whole collection of wet jackets at home because this girl, you always got to pick her up. Classic American highway ghost story. And you'll hear LaLorna, the woman in white, the wailing woman in white at the river. Those, those are all over the world as well. The Headless Rider. Originally it was the Headless Horseman, which I know was fiction. So <laughs> I said that. I saw a documentary once about a man named Ichabod Crane. The Headless Rider, though, is an old motif. That is a very, very classic ghost story. And then the other most classic ghost story is um, my kids... Kids, just kids, just kids. Every child you know is a ghost. You know, kids pushing your car, crybaby bridge, stuff like that. Those are classic motifs around the world. So not only do you have a very classic-shaped UFO, it's nothing mind-boggling, it's a triangle-shaped craft, but then you have a good old classic ghost showing up. What does any of this mean? I don't know. Like, again, it's just one more piece in the puzzle of high strangeness. Do alien crafts actually, maybe, let's put on our conspiracy caps here to wrap this up. Maybe it's a byproduct of their technology. So it's not so much that aliens are causing ghost things. No more that when a when you're driving your car around, you're putting out exhaust. You're putting out exhaust in your car. So maybe it's some sort of, this is going to sound completely weird, but... As they're warping in and out, let's say that they are space-bound aliens, they're not even interdimensional. Because then the interdimensional one answers it right away, but let's say they're just what people normally consider aliens. Their warp technology, their camouflage technology, or just running their engine idle as they're reading a magazine. It's causing some sort of wobble in our reality. And it's allowing these things to pass through. But again, what I find so fascinating is it's not just a like a ghost. It's a classic ghost. Dude, what if, what if, okay, sure, take that theory, but what if this is a way, hmm, like what if this isn't an accidental byproduct? What if they're causing ghost sightings on purpose for some other means? Psychological testing? 
to scare people. They really like to scare people. They really, really love it. To cover up their activity. That way, if people go, oh, I saw a ghost, people are going to be like, what? No, I don't believe you. Oh, I saw a triangle floating in the sky. They probably won't believe you then either, but the ghost is less realistic to a lot of people. Maybe they're doing this on purpose. Maybe it's not. Oh, maybe it's the Scoop. Maybe aliens are the true Scooby-Doo villains of the world. That they cause these ghost sightings. Because again, what it's not just the, I keep saying ghost sighting, but I want to hammer this in. It's not just a ghost walking around your house, which is terrifying. Don't get me wrong, but it's a stereotypical ghost. It's basically like a pre-programmed in hologram. It couldn't be any more cliche than to have a dude with no head riding down a lonely highway. That is such a classic ghost story. So it's almost like as this UFO is flying around, they're like, okay, we got to drop some people off, go grab some kangaroo meat. Uh, go probe a couple dudes. Let's run program X9, and then like a motorcycle's coming down the road. They could have easily hit program 1280, and then Bloody Mary would have appeared and just stood on the roadside. And <laughs> looks at the alien shrugs. What am I supposed to do down here? There's not even a mirror. They have all these programmed classic ghost stories. <laughs> it's Christmas Day. You're like, oh, you're like being confronted by the ghost of Christmas future as a ship is floating over your house. I'm wondering if there's something there. It's funny because originally I was thinking, did it cause it accidentally? But because it's so cliche, it almost feels like it's real. I think the the thing to take away from this story is this. Paranormal researchers are not Bigfoot hunters, and Bigfoot hunters are not UFO investigators. They have their own set of skills. An EVP meter is not going to help you much in the middle of the forest when an eight-foot-tall hairy man picks you up and rips you in half. And your little shortwave radio that you're using to listen to alien tech isn't going to help you when... Well, that's not going to help you in any situation, except when you're trying to eavesdrop in on E.T. It's not going to help you if, like, a stiff breeze knocks over your equipment. They don't They don't have the same skill set. So what's really terrifying about this is, let's go this, let's end it like this. Ghost hunting's fun. It's so fun to go out and do these things. But you got to be safe. I'm always worried about hobos and dogs, and then ghosts. Even though I'm there to see the ghosts, those two things are the ones I'm the most concerned about. But I never thought about the fact that while we're out looking for ghosts, something else may be looking for us. These typical ghost stories may be a way to attract us to this area. It's the perfect experiment. Seeing who are the most curious of mankind or the most gullible. So while you're walking through the creepy woods at the edge of your town or the abandoned cemetery or creaking open the door of that haunted house that you've heard so much about since you were a kid, be a little more prepared than your EVP meter, your cell phone camera. Because while you're entering what you think is a ghostly abode, it may actually be the doorway to a sci-fi hell. You may have hoped to catch a blurry photo of a ghost walking down a staircase. Instead, the last photo you take is of a three-fingered gray hand reaching out from the darkness, and you're never seen again. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. See you.